Hi, I'm Andy. I'm Heather. Welcome to the 43026 podcast. The 43026 podcast is brought to you from our studios at the Hilliard Chamber of Commerce in fabulous Old Hilliard. The Chamber has a long history of fueling connections, community growth, and helping local businesses thrive. This episode was engineered by Heather Keck, original music by Kaylin Sipple. Hello, this is Andy Teeter, and welcome to the 43026 Podcast Thursday edition. Um, today we have a very good podcast with one of the leaders in our community, Mr. Dave Stewart, Superintendent of Schools for Hilliard City Schools. Uh, Dave is just winding up his first year as superintendent. So, but before we get to that, what's going on, Heather, Hilliard this weekend? We've got some stuff coming up. The annual American Legion Auxiliary Spaghetti Dinner to support the Buckeye Girls State Program is Friday night, May 20th at the Hilliard Church of Christ on Avery Road. Um, it's a dinner and it'll go from four to seven and it consists of spaghetti with a scratch made meat sauce, breadsticks, salad, and choice of rancher Italian dressing and assorted desserts. Uh, the Gratitude Mural, which is at the Hilliard Arts Council building down on Center Street, is being dedicated on Sunday, May 22nd at 12.30 p.m. And for me, the most exciting thing is that the first Hilliard Farm Market is going to be Tuesday, May 24th at Hilliard United Methodist Church on South of Darby Road, 5445. Uh, the market's open from 4 to 7 p.m., and it'll be every Tuesday all through the summer and into September 6th. It's just a fun time. Always love the farm market. So, well, thanks for listening today, and we'll be right back with Su- Superintendent Dave Stewart. Good morning. Welcome to the 43026 podcast. Hi, Andy. Hi, Heather. How are you doing today? Good. Reading any good books? I am reading the Hillary Clinton novel right now. I'm about 50 pages into it, and it's pretty good. Okay. That's not bad. Um, we have a really cool guest today. I think it's our biggest guest. What do you think? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Not we, the biggest in size. No, but. no, yeah. We are excited to introduce you today to uh, Hilliard Superintendent Dave Stewart. Hi, Mr. Stewart. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks I'm for great. joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You are newish to the superintendent position, but you are not new to Hilliard. I am not. Why don't you tell us about your background with the Hilliard City School District? Okay. Well, I, uh, I, I really lived in central Ohio my whole life. I grew up here, went to high school here. Uh, Where'd you go to high school? Uh, DeSales High School. Okay. Uh, went to Miami University, um, worked for one year uh, near Miami at Ross Local Schools after I college. went to Miami for two years. You went to Miami, didn't you? For about two years. Yeah. <laughs> I made it all the way through. I was Good job. I transferred. <laughs> um, but then got, got married uh, and moved back home and, and spent nine years in the Dublin City Schools. Uh, the last four or five as an assistant principal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2004, um, just got really, really lucky to um, get the opportunity to be the, the principal at Darby High School, uh, which was just at the time when um, Hilliard was really bursting at the seams. And at the time, Darby was probably the largest high school in central Ohio. 
um, and we were on the news all of the time because of our lack of space. So um, we were regularly um, filmed during lunch times. That's when everybody loved to come because nice. we, we had such crowding issues that we kids were literally sitting on the floor around the, the commons area eating their lunch. But um, obviously we had Darby High School, but we had classrooms at Heritage. We had uh, modular classrooms. We had classrooms at Hoffman Trails. We actually had uh, classrooms at what is now the central office all the way down off of Nike Drive. So spent four years as the principal at Darby and loved every minute of it. And then truly got the opportunity of a lifetime. A um, unique opportunity, I would say. Very unique opportunity to be the, the principal at Bradley High School when it when it opened. So I mean, you got you basically got to build it, right? I mean, you were you built your staff. You yes, it was. Uh, you never you never realize how much you don't know about what you do until you have to recreate it um, from the ground up. But um, so there was a year in between Darby and Bradley where I wasn't assigned to a school, and my job was to to make sure that Bradley was ready to, to open on day one and was just surrounded by an unbelievable team of other administrators and uh, teacher leaders and, and, and kids and parents. And at the end of all of that was just a, a really amazing experience to open a, a brand new high school and, and something that I will cherish for, for the rest of my life. So I um, spent the next four years as the principal at Bradley and then after nine years here in Hilliard, had the opportunity to become the deputy superintendent in Southwestern City Schools. That's a pretty um, good-sized school district, yeah. too, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's uh, 22,000 yeah, students. Um, actually, big. almost <laughs> exactly double the land size of Hilliard City Schools. So Hilliard wow. City Schools yeah. is 60 square miles. Southwestern is 119. So wow. um, trying to get to every building here would normally seem like a tall task, but after eight years... Uh, doing it there, it it, uh, it doesn't seem so bad. So, um, had eight wonderful years there, learning from an incredible superintendent, Dr. Bill Wise. Um, just a, a, a really uh, unique training ground. Uh, and then last last spring, through just a really unique set of events, I had the opportunity to come back. And you know, through those eight years, I loved every minute at Southwestern City Schools, and we'll have lifelong friendships and relationships there. But I just really never lost my connection with this with this district and with the community. Well, I um, think Hilliard's happy to have you back. Well, I appreciate that. I couldn't be any happier to be here. So I, here I am. I remember when you were building your staff at Bradley, having a discussion with Superintendent McVeigh as a, as a school board member at the time, but also as a Davidson parent. I said, hey, this Dave Stewart guy stealing all the good teachers from the because <laughs> a lot of the good teachers wanted to go work for you at Bradley at the There's time. It was a pretty and nice, clean building. <laughs> yeah. We were just so fortunate. You know, so many communities, when you open a high school and split attendance areas, um, it really is a rocky road in many communities. And here it just wasn't. This community was ready for a third because of everything it had gone through to get to a third high school. It was ready for a third high school, and so we got to avoid a lot of that. Now, there were a lot of nights of walking nurse parents through the new building and, and showing them the experience that their kid was going to have, but, you know, we really got to miss a lot of that. But there's still uh, some of us still around from the, the – there are a couple of pretty infamous meetings where all of us went into a, a conference room to determine who was going where, and, and – uh, there were some some black eyes and wow. some bruises to come yeah. from it, but out of it came three pretty great high schools. Absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, it's spring, 
So that means we are, and it's May, we're heading towards the absolute end of the school year, which I can't decide is like, is that like the busiest, most stressful time for um, a district and a superintendent? Or is it like, whoo, we're slowing down and things are getting oh, it's easier? Definitely, it's definitely the busiest, but I wouldn't call it necessarily the most stressful because all the things that you're doing are celebrations in nature. And so whether it's... Um, in, it, you know, and obviously we all go to graduation. I think we'll talk about that here in a minute. But, you know, it's it's everything from, you know, culminating events at elementary schools that are every bit as fun as those. So it is absolutely the busiest times uh, of the year because, you know, we get we get invited to a lot of, of fun things. I don't know how productive it is, <laughs> okay. um, but we get to we get to see they're the happy to, right. of the year. And, and they're happy um, to see you there. So it's, it's busy, but I don't know that it's stressful is the word that I would use. And speaking of graduation, when is it this year? So we have three graduations, obviously. The first one is May 25th. Um, all of them are at the shot again this year. And that one's Bradley. Um, and that one is Bradley. And the 26th then is Davidson, and we'll wrap it up on the 27th with Darby. All right. And there's no... The restriction on tickets this year anything? no it's you know it's really nice for the first time in a long time uh, i heard uh, another superintendent colleague describe it this way and i've been stealing it from him ever since but you know for for the last three-ish years all we've talked about is um, either what we had to do because of the pandemic or what we didn't we couldn't do because of the pandemic and it's nice to really start talking about what we get to do again. And yeah. you know, graduations, look, that's three long nights. Uh, but I know you both remember. Um, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Um, when you say long, because I will be there Wednesday. <laughs> we're, we're trying to, like, keep it around that hour, right? Or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we, we do a pretty good job I'm here of keeping keeping those we and always respectful have. of... of family's time and we know what, no, what mom and dad there's so many kids i can't believe you can do this in an hour hour yeah. and 10 minutes it's shocking to me we know what mom and dad are there to, to see and it's not us talking it's <laughs> it's their their child um you know getting to celebrate their accomplishments so. well I, I believe there was a friendly competition of of which high school could get done i wasn't even going to tell that story <laughs> I remember when the last name was called, everybody would look at their watch yep. right away. <laughs> yeah, it seemed it always seemed like the third night won. I'm not sure exactly how that <laughs> happened. But, uh. No, Davidson always won. They had the least amount of kids, usually. <laughs> they could fly. Um, and now, anything new going on over the next year with any plans? Any, what's going on with the district? So there's a lot, you know. Um, Again, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but coming out of this pandemic is opening um, opportunities for us that we haven't had. And so, and we've got some long range things to think about as well. So probably the first thing that I would point to is, and we'll have a lot more to share about this in the coming months, but we are going to be embarking on probably the, the, the bulk of a year long process that will yield a, a new strategic plan for the district. Hilliard was, was ready um, to kind of unveil a strategic plan just as COVID hit. Right. And it never really was able to, to uh, kind of get it. rolled out. Yeah. And the reality is Hilliard's very different than it was even just a couple years ago when that was ready. And education is very different. And, um, and so we really feel like um, we need to embark on that process all over again. So we 
our plan is to partner with um, an organization right here in Hilliard, Patel for Kids. That's a great support for educators all over the country and it does is. this work all over the country. And so it will involve the community and we'll be putting out a lot of communication, asking the community to join us. It'll actually be a two-step process. The first thing that we'll do is what Patel calls a portrait of a graduate. We're going we're gonna to define it a little bit differently around basically what does it mean to be ready for tomorrow. And we're going to talk about what is it that we want our students to leave us with. And then once we've done that, then we'll roll right into a more strate- more traditional kind of strategic planning process um, that we're really excited about. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be an interesting process. We have uh, a wide spectrum of opinion in this community that we need to synthesize and come to some agreement on in terms of what do we want for our community, what do we want for our district, what do we want for our students. But I think once we get there, then we all have something to rally around, and I, I'm excited about what that can mean for the district. No, me too. We've had some conversations recently about um, academic achievement and and focusing on that. Can you get into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, So one of the things that, you know, just kind of got robbed from districts over the last handful of years was the opportunity to really talk about the science, the art and science of teaching and learning and, you know, some of the, the specific outcomes that we want for kids. And the reality is we all know we have amazing teachers in this district who are really dedicated to their craft and really, really talented. Um, you know, it is Teacher Appreciation Week. I just put a plug in there. So if you get a chance to, to thank your favorite teacher, now is a great, this week's a great week to do it. But, and we have incredibly talented kids. And so when I started um, in August... I sat with the board and set some some goals, and one of those goals um, was about um, kind of returning our focus to what really is our core business, and that's, again, teaching and learning. And so um, we've done a lot of work this year in defining what that looks like. Our, our academic team at the leadership level is, is really unbelievable and incredibly talented. So the amount of work that they've cranked out this year is is really impressive they've created a quality learning guide that defines for teachers what our expectations are in classrooms we've put one and three year goals on paper and a commitment plan um, that 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 will remain in place and that we'll continue to work for around state testing and around some of the things that we do and you never want to be just about test results or anything like that we are much more than just those results but we have the opportunity again to talk about what our teachers really went to school to be trained to do really well um, and it's nice to have that opportunity again so that's been a large part of that work and that will get folded into that strategic plan and our community will tell us okay well we've seen what you've done and what you've done internally in terms of what these benchmarks are but we need the community to, to weigh in on those as well and so that'll be part of it this the second goal uh, set with the board was about reviving the master facility planning process. And so that's another thing that right before um, COVID, the district had embarked on and was ready to kind of release its findings. And COVID once again got in the way. Now, this is a kind and of... And probably a, changed all the findings, really, yes. given how we have to utilize... Exactly. ...the buildings and the equipment now. And this is really so, phase so two. So spit it out. Fourth high school next <laughs> Absolutely year? Absolutely not. Let's put that to rest right now. <laughs> no. Uh, you was, heard it here first. We broke the news. <laughs> it's probably the number one question people still ask me. When's the fourth high school? Yeah, I, I, 
I would say probably, I don't know, to be fair, once every other week, once every three weeks, there's a phone call <laughs> or, you know, I've, I've spoke to the Hill, Hilliard Realtors Association here recently and I got hit with that there. So that's still out there. But, you know, the, the original master facility planning process is really uh, what yielded in the construction of Memorial Middle School. Right. Uh, more recently, the expansion of the preschool that's going on right now. But then, you know, we've got we've got aging, some aging facilities. People may not realize that the average age of our facilities is right around 35 years old. So while we have some beautiful new facilities like uh, Memorial and Bradley and, and places like that, we've got some buildings that are in their 50s. And so we're, like, once again, bringing our community in and asking them to give us some, some feedback on... Um, Right. where that where that might go yeah, you know it, funds are, are it's, not yeah it's unlimited. one thing to build the building it's it's a whole other thing to keep them um up and running right yeah. and one of the one of the things that a tool that we have now that we didn't when this process last happened um, is we now have a database where every piece of information about our physical facilities is stored and that database um, actually cranks out basically a ratio that compares what the cost would be to fix everything that needs repaired in a building at any point from between now and 15 years from now and the cost of just replacing that building and so we have real good data that we can look at you know what are the what are our capital needs in order to maintain buildings and when does that uh, when does the scale get tipped to where it makes more sense to take that building offline and build something new so all of that then, we, it didn't get quite the splash that I hoped because of everything else that was going on in the right. world. But in the fall, we did uh, make an announcement that we would not be on the ballot in the fall of 22 and that we would hold off until most likely, now this is a board decision, not mine, but it, everything seems to point towards the need for what would probably be a combined operating and hopefully no new millage bond in, 20, in the fall of 24. That's pretty amazing, um, and it's been a. How long will it have been? It'll have been eight years. Eight, at I mean, that point. that's great. And and I mean, we promised four years in that last levy, and to stretch it to eight is something special. I think. Yeah, we're I'm, really proud of that. Yeah, I remember back to the buildings. One of the things I learned as a school board member was how expensive a roof is. Oh and yeah. How expensive oh, blacktop black and a parking lot was. A bus, you guys, a bus is yeah. so expensive. And just like your car, I mean every 10, 12 years we have yeah. to replace them and they're getting a lot more mileage than your car. Yeah. Well we um so another maybe little known fact, we we have a little over a half a billion dollar worth billion dollars worth of facilities, about five hundred and sixty million um, dollars worth of facilities and our budget to maintain those facilities each year is right around five million dollars right so if Wait. you think about how far that goes how many the, buildings is it 25 20 we have 24 school 24 buildings schools. and then some ancillary things that right. go into that central like stadiums office. central offices transportation facilities right. so it really just depends on how you count but you know approaching 30 facilities to maintain on five million dollars that's you know that's where you have to make difficult choices every single year and so there are many times where people point out you know maybe something now let me just say this our operations department does an unbelievable uh, job 100%. of maintaining our facilities I, you can walk in i reference schools that are 50 years old and while you may recognize the building as an older building when you walk in 
Um, the, the floors are shining. The floors are shiny, and the experience that kids get uh, because the dedication of those folks is, as, as is both equal to anywhere else. Yeah, as both of you know, I'm a high school football official, so I'm in a different high school building every Friday night right. and uh, during the fall, and I've been doing that for 30 years. And our buildings are maintained second to none. They are as nice as as, as far as clean and shiny and well-kept as any buildings I've been in statewide. We have people in that part of the organization that have been there uh, since I was here the first time around. And they were amazing then. And, and it, you, it's hard to... It, it's hard to account for the value of that kind of institutional knowledge right. uh, when it comes to how buildings work and how they function and how to keep them functioning. Uh, but we're very fortunate in that regard. You've been settling into a pretty new board of education. Mm -hmm. You have three new members. Um, and I think your longest serving member is start, starting your seventh year right now. Is that about right? Probably about right. Yeah. 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 She's in her years. second term. Correct. Yeah. Um, how's that going? It's good. Um, you know, it, it, you know, we have a board that really um, reflects our community philosophically, and that can certainly be a challenge, but really so far I've found it to be pleasantly a, a really positive environment. So one of the things that, so backing up, as you said, we, um, there were three seats up uh, this, this past go around, two of the incumbents elected not to run. And we ended up with three uh, new board members, and so those two or those three uh, joined Brian Perry and Nadia Long. Brian is in the third year of his first term, and Nadia is in the third year of her second term. And you know, so you've got a new superintendent, maybe not new to Hillier, but new to the role, and then four to five new newer board members, right. which is an, which is an interesting dynamic, but. You know, we've been we've been learning and growing together. We've already had some pretty significant challenges to work through. We've you you have communicated. <laughs> we've communicated pretty well, I think. Um, we I think we made a pretty good decision right off the bat. Spent a, a Saturday together, all day, um, and started the day with a facilitated retreat uh, with a gentleman who works with boards of education all across the state of Ohio. And we really just talked about the role of a board member and the role of superintendent and how those things work together and how sometimes they're, they're different. And we talked about norms for communication and norms for decision making. And I really feel like even if we may not specifically reference that day and that conversation every day, I feel like we're still falling back on some of the decisions we made about our behavior and, and decision making as that's we move pretty forward, positive so. and i'm not sure that there's much more you can ask from that if right you're coming out of one of those types I, of meetings i remember advice somebody gave me was uh picture your school district as a school bus and it's the board's job to tell to decide which direction and where the bus is going to go but you're not allowed to drive it you're yep. not allowed to touch the wheel <laughs> <laughs> that's a it's a good analogy and and you know, and it doesn't always cut that clean. And I think we're all finding that out, you know. And so, we, you know, what was great about the conversation we had on that Saturday is the facilitator really presented us with things that were, are going to happen and have happened. Board members are going to be called by people from the community and want yeah. certain things from them. And they're going to be stopped in the grocery store. And we talked through all of those things. And, and they really have been great about, about kind of staying to that. But it, it never cuts quite that clean. Um, right. And 
like I said, we've been able to we've been able to work through some things already that have been pretty challenging. I remember the advice I got from Andy Teeter when I started was, "Hey, Heather, no surprises. Okay, that's the rule. No surprises." <laughs> and, and a lot of that falls on me actually, and that's mm-hmm. a commitment that I make to the board is to do everything in my power for them not to get surprised. Now, in a big district a community, th- things still happen. But I think if you build enough trust through communication, then you work through those things pretty well. Well, it is a big district. You, it's How many students are we at now? I uh, just looked yesterday. We're at 16,400, which is about 200 more than a year ago. So growing, but, you know, not uh, not leaps and bounds right now. And, and then how many employees? Right around 2,000. Yeah, about 1,200 so certificated employees. Business. And, and it seems like sometimes our public expects all 2,000 of those employees to never make a mistake or never have a misstep. And when you're talking about that many people, I mean, it's just, that's so unrealistic. Yeah, you know, we're, you know, we're just like any other part of society when you put a lot of people together. But again, we're also really fortunate that, that we're able to hire great people. Yeah. And we avoid some of the big mistakes and... When we run into challenges, even right down to the Teachers Association, we've, I think, formed a really positive, trust, trusting, working relationship with them, and we're able to work through challenges together. And that, that at the end of the day, the reason that that is important is that then you remove distractions from what ultimately our, our job is, and that's to take care of kids. And so, again, we're very fortunate here. You've referenced some challenges that you've had with this uh, board and a relatively new board recently. Mind if I bring up one of them? Sure. <laughs> Maybe. Wait, wait till you hear the question. Okay. Um, let's talk about the walkout. Okay. Tell me how that went and what kind of challenge that was for a newer superintendent and a newer school board. Anytime you, you go through a challenge like that, there. there as an organization, you're always learning and you're always evolving. And so uh, this was one where um, um, students um, specifically related to House Bill 616 had, um, and I think this, this, this first part we need to underscore a little bit because I think it gets over, overlooked. Um, students at two of our high schools went to their administrators and let them know that they intended um, to have a walkout to voice their uh, their opinion or their concern over House Bill 616. I think the part that gets overlooked there sometimes is that in, in our high schools, those administrative teams have worked so hard to build relationships with kids that when, even when they're going to do something like that, they had the courtesy to let their administrators know that it was coming. Now, that's also the very thing that gets some negative attention, but I think it's important. I think we can all agree that kids that trust the adults in their lives um, to at least have that conversation Absolutely. up front is a positive thing about our district. Absolutely. So no surprises. Right. No surprises. No surprises right. Good rule. So um, at two of our high schools, we we knew that this was was coming, and you know what those principals um, said to the students was, "Okay, understand as a school we can." We can have no participation in this. This is not a school activity. We won't be promoting it. We won't be advertising it. But we do have a responsibility and obligation as a school um, to have order and to make sure that things are safe for you. And so they gave the students some parameters about when this would happen, how long. The other thing I think really gets missed in this whole conversation, and it probably doesn't change some opinions, but 
the entire process took less than 20 minutes. You know, when students left their classrooms, they went outside, they said their piece, and were back in, in classrooms in less than 20 minutes. Again, still respect those who believe that that shouldn't have happened, but, you know, I think it's important to know what did happen. So um, we did, that took place, and I think what then, I don't think I know what got lots of attention, it was did. that we did have um, a political candidate who made her way into um, the the student event at one of the high schools and took some pictures of, with students and posted them online. Um, very fair questions about how that happens, and I'd, I'd give a, a couple of answers to that. Um, was she an in, she wasn't invited? She had been invited by students, okay. but. Uh, and, and we, we spent a lot of time and care looking into all of this. And I can say with certainty that we found no wrongdoing on the part of any adults. So our, our administrators were unaware of, of the attendance, um, but had been invited by, by students. Okay. Um, you know, so the, again, fair question is how does that happen? You know, I take responsibility for some of it, frankly, um, in the days leading up to this event happening because it was getting so much attention from both directions. And I'll come back to that. Um, one of the things that I had said to principals was um, we cannot have come out of this situation pictures of our school employees or our administrators specifically that appear that our school employees, our school personnel are participating in this event we that can't happen and so at that particular school what they did was funneled students into the stadium but they remained just outside the stadium at a distance where they could still see and hear students um, but maybe weren't as close as they would normally be to see maybe somebody else who joined um, the other thing is you know what we've realized is that unfortunately these really are a disruption and moving forward we will be um, you know, when students, and we're proud of, of students for being engaged sure. and wanting their voice heard. And part of our job is, is to encourage that, but we're going to have to find a different way or different avenues for them probably to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. The Hilliard City Council passed uh, anti-discrimination, speci specifically LGBTQ, um, last year and we and we engaged with about 10 or 15 students that came to us and wanted to be a part of it wanted to be wanted their voices heard and they're just amazing kids they were just so fun to work with yeah so. yeah I, I i you know one of one of the silver linings maybe to some of the division um whether it be political or covid related or whatever of the last couple of years i think that more and more people are engaged in the process and that includes our youth and you know whether we agree or disagree with their specific positions they have one and they're better informed about them than they ever have been before and they're more eloquent in expressing their opinions on those things and it's you know that is a good thing and i think we need to continue to, to search for those silver linings and those positives I would say I knew very, very little about anything going on around me in the sure. world in high school. Yeah, it, it is amazing how much more informed kids are. We didn't. I didn't have an internet. I mean, that's how old I am, people. Um, so, <laughs> Andy's older than me, though. It helps. 
Um, so no, it's really great that these kids are as informed as they are now. And, and as you said, it got a lot of attention, you know, lead, both leading up to and after the event. And again, I try to be respectful of, you know, we, we try to respond to, you know, the values of our community. The reality is our community, like the rest of society, has a wide spectrum of, of beliefs. And, you know, as, as we led up to the event, um, I had a, a good number of emails from community members questioning why this would ever be allowed to happen. In reality, I probably had an equal number of emails um, from people asking why we weren't taking a more proactive stance on House Bill 616 or doing more to promote or prop these, these kids up. So, um, you know, in, in the way things are societally right now, we're going to find ourselves in the middle of a lot of these. Um, and our job is to try to navigate through in a way that keeps our focus on what we're there for, which is, is students and their growth and their learning. And I think that, that our principals and our teachers have done a, ph a phenomenal job of doing that. I agree. Yep. Great. Um, let's bounce to something. Well, I don't know if it's less controversial. Hey, we have new graduation requirements starting next year, and I feel like they change like every two years. Um, is Hilliard ready for that? Or Yes, we, we are so fortunate to have great partnerships with with industry and, and local business. So there's just there are new ways for students to demonstrate their readiness for graduation and some of that is through different industry credentials and, and experiences and, and our community has stepped up to help us with those. So yes, the biggest challenge is always, uh, as these things change, is making sure that yeah. mom and dad understand right. the, the changes and, and what's going on. But yes, we, we're, we're very, very confident about that. And do we have an upcoming hiring fair? Um, we do. Mark Tremaine uh, is our Director of Innovation and Extended Learning, and he is very passionate about creating opportunities for students. Um, and so we, we have a, a hiring fair where we're bringing in lots of employ employers to meet, great. to meet our kids and meet our graduates. And, and, That's you know, awesome. You know, we still continue to hear about the, the changing workforce needs, not just in our community, but everywhere. And so there are real opportunities there for us to partner with business and industry in ways that we never have before. You know, schools, you know, I've worked in schools a very long time and I'm very passionate about public education. But one thing I could absolutely admit is that we always have been the best partner. Um, you know, for many, many years, a partnership looked like a school saying, hey, what can you give us? Right. You know, what yeah, money, you know, what donation can you can you give to us? Well, now as the workforce has changed and the, the needs that businesses have for workforce, it's, it's creating a new opportunity, a new dynamic. We have, we have really talented kids and really talented graduates who, if they choose, are ready for the workforce when they graduate. And as um, employers need to look at the workforce differently and that maybe high school graduates are, are a new source, um, there's opportunities to partner to make sure that these kids have the credentials or the skills or the training that they need to go into real living wage jobs right out of high school. I'm not talking about, um, you know, the kinds of jobs that you can't you can't provide for yourself. I'm talking about real uh, living wage kinds of roles. And so that's some of the work that, that we're doing and we're excited about it. But Mark, uh, one of the first steps was a skilled trades expo in the right. fall. Uh, where we brought all of our 10th and 11th grade students 
to toll through uh, actually it was at the fairgrounds of, okay and we had representatives from all the skilled trades um said fantastic uh, 2400 students through for an experience it was a great experience and then this hiring fair but we're going to see much more meaningful things than that moving forward i love that we do that yeah it's great um anything further for the good of the order andy i, <laughs> no, know, dave, I love ending um, that. we're here with hilliard superintendent dave stewart and we're we're glad you're back in our community it's exciting um, I think it's a difficult time when we need expert leadership and Hilliard's always had a great team of, of everybody that works there but the teachers are outstanding um, the administration's always been top-notch and uh, and you're the right person at the right time to lead us so we're glad you're back you know, I appreciate that I couldn't I, I, I just I pinch myself every day you know, you know not many people truly kind of end up in what they would describe as their dream job but this has always been it i was really fortunate to be mentored by some really great people um, over the years and you know i'm just so excited to be a part of this community we'll be moving into the community here in a couple weeks and just really uh, just consider myself really lucky so you actually found a house to buy in hilliard i uh, got, got very lucky got very lucky one of the things that is our mission here in that Andy and I pride ourselves on with the 43026 podcast is to inform, promote, and unite our neighbors. And I feel like you kind of did all of that today. So thank you so much for being here. Well, appreciate you doing this. This is great for the community. Thank you. Thanks, Dave.